in addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good afternoon. It's Monday afternoon. It's drive time. You're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb, and today we're blessed to have two friends, two relatively new friends, but uh, Wendy and Jeff. So, Wendy, Jeff, welcome to the show. Good morning. Well, hi there. <laughs> hi. hi there. <laughs> <That's right>. So <laughs> we've already had uh, Wendy on the show before. So Wendy came and she shared about how she my my wife met her at a Christmas uh, cookie baking decorating event, and uh, and so my wife was was chatting away, and we found out that uh, Wendy reaches out. She's a biker. She likes traveling with uh, Jeff up and down the uh, American highways and. Uh, and uh, they reach out to the biker community, those uh, their friends that they have there. But then we carried on talking after the show with Wendy, and uh, there's more of a story to tell. So that's why we're here today. So, so Wendy and uh, Jeff, um, so tell us about uh, you decided that you would uh, move into a community, a certain part of Phoenix. And uh, when you got there, you didn't decide that you would just sort of decorate the house and sit by the uh, pool and you know, drink something cool. You decided that you'd seek to make a difference within your community. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we decided, first of all, that we were going to meet our neighbors. And we did that while we were in the process of renovating the house. Um, When we lived in Peoria, we knew a couple neighbors, but we just decided that we were going to meet some other ones in this neighborhood because it is culturally diverse. So that was one of our goals is to get more involved in our neighborhood. And so we did, we took that on and then started to branch off from there. And we really wanted to give our neighbors a sense that as bikers, we weren't what people usually see bikers as bad company so we wanted to change that persona with them yeah it's uh it's important that uh, you reach out to folks even though you don't know them you know we wave to them as they drive by down the neighborhood don't know where they live but you know it's it's very nice to be able to uh comfort somebody else even if it's from long distance you know um some people stop and want to chat, which is great. And uh, we have a few people that do that. Um, you know, we have a flag up in front of the house, so they'll stop and comment. Thank you for putting up the flag, um, serving our, our um, not only our community, our, our country. I, I served our country. So they stop and say thank you for that. And it leads on to conversation about God. They see my cross hanging. They see uh, Wendy's beautiful smile. So it just draws them in. And so you, you were saying that your community is uh, 
you know, quite diverse. Um, you know, I, I'm making an assumption here, but diverse in regards to uh, uh, political beliefs, uh, theological beliefs, people who have faith, people who don't, people of different color skin. Um, so don't you find that there are, uh, you know, when I, when I, uh, I'm told, you know, that there's uh, never the twain shall meet, you know, like you stick to your part, we'll stick to our part. You know, uh, don't you dare share your faith. Um, you know, you're you're of a different uh, economic background, or you're of a different uh, racial background. So, so how uh, how do you break down barriers that have been uh, that have been put up in regards to uh, to you spending time with people who are different from you? We have the love of God in our hearts. And that is the biggest reason that we feel free to reach out to the people uh, of different religions, different skin color, because really we don't want to see that in God's kingdom. We don't want to see that division. And it's pushed so much through our society right now and putting us all in categories that we really find that the people that we get to talk to are living the same kind of lives that we are with the same kind of struggles and family dynamics and drama. And we just need to be able to be friends and comfort those around us when they need it. And how would we know that they need it if we didn't open that dialogue with them wherever we go? And so, so, you know, have have you been able to make friends with, um, with your neighbors, you know, tell me about that. So there are, um, there are a few neighbors on the block that we definitely make friends with. Um, We'll stop, we'll chat, we'll talk, um, you know, just life, you know, in general, I I find that um, a smile and a handshake really goes a long way to break the ice with people. So um, they might not be willing, but if you break the ice with them first, you find people open right up to you. And uh, they feel comfortable when you start that conversation that way. And so how, how quickly, and ev- everyone's different, you know, regardless of their background or the color of the skin, or whatever, everyone's, you know, sure. different with inside, different personalities and things. But how, how uh, do you find that uh, once you start talking that, uh, you know, pe- people start to, the barriers start to drop and people start to, to see that you're not out to get something from them, but you're just out to ask how they're doing and how their day's going. Do you, how quickly do you find barriers come down? Well, I think, uh, like you said, everybody's different. So uh, most people, I believe, uh, feel the sense of comfort that we're not trying to, you know, uh, bring something across to them that they might not be comfortable with. Um, just a regular conversation about what happens in a neighborhood first it starts off that way. And then again, they, they start to feel comfortable with us and uh, we start to slip a little of, uh, you know, God in there. And, and then that also, you know, if they're believers, you know, that breaks the ice and that really opens them up to be able to have a great conversation. Yeah. We met a, a couple that moved in across the street from us with young children and <clears throat> we started speaking with them and found out that they were Christians and that he had a desire to pursue the ministry. So he started a little neighborhood um, church and we have been over there to join them in their little service that they have. And so I play 
keyboards and it's just been a great way to build that relationship, especially when people are feeling a little bit more divided, like I said, and they're um, a mixed race couple. So that just really sets a great example for the rest of the neighborhood that we don't see that. We are just loving each other and supporting each other no matter what. So, so why are you, you know, you moved into a neighborhood, you know, uh, you know, you, you painted the house, you know, you've, you, you've got things going good. You know, I mean, life's busy anyway. You both got jobs, you know, I mean, why, why bother? Why take the time to, I mean, don't neighbors just bring hassles. They want to borrow your lawnmower or, you know, <laughs> you know, there's the kid, there's a kid down the street or something who's just annoying, you know, so why, why do you bother reaching out to your neighbors? Why, why make life harder? Well, personally, I think um, um, it's really important. Uh, if we don't break that ice, then nobody else is going to. And God puts it in our hearts that everybody's His child, and His, uh, you know, um, He takes He takes care of everybody. It doesn't matter if they believe or don't believe. So, you know, why not be His messenger and reach out to everybody? And if they don't want to be, you know, continued conversation, well, then we probably won't see them again. But, you know, most most of the time, you know, everybody's pretty acceptive uh, about it. We do have uh, very many Christians on our block that are uh, acceptable, uh, you know, accept, you know, the word. And I think that's really important to just, you know, God puts it in our hearts to get out there and reach reach other people. Cause he did. Jesus did oh. give us that commandment um, to go out into the world and preach the gospel and the only way we can do that is if we embrace his love and his grace and his mercy and extend that to right. people around us, no matter what we originally think they're all about. That's right. Yeah. And always, you know, if, if, a, if a story comes to mind that you can share uh, about what's happening in your community, just, just jump right in. But uh, what I want to ask is, you know, this isn't just about you, just about, uh, you know, uh, baking cookies for neighbors which is which is <laughs> nothing wrong with that you know in fact bring some over to my house if you have any but um you know, <laughs> there, there was i was talking to wendy and what what struck me was um you know how how she was telling about one night you know you were tucked up in bed you know you, you know drinking your cocoa and uh you heard gunshots and so uh you know rather than like dive under the bed you know, you, you, you dived out the door to try and find where the gunshots came from. Um, my, so my, my question to that is, are you crazy? <laughs> I mean, why, why would you do that? Why would, why would you, you know, uh, uh, to, to use Shakespeare, it's the fashion of the world to avoid trouble. You know, so so why, why would you go after gunshots? What, what, what's on your mind there? We, well, after we heard the gunshots, that night it was very early morning hours and uh, we just happened to have our bedroom window popped open. So there was a woman that started screaming and it was pretty severe. And I thought maybe one of her animals was injured by the gunshots or I couldn't figure out cause it, yeah. we had heard gunshots before, but never anything like that. So we did get out of bed and got in the car and drove over the next street over. There was a, woman laying in the road and she had been shot in both of her legs mm. 
And so we went to administer aid to her and a couple neighbors came out and we asked for a blanket for her because she really wasn't dressed completely. And clearly she had been in some type of struggle and a bad situation. So really God's peace just came over us and control to handle the situation. So I, I administered aid and put compression on her gunshot wounds when the neighbors called for the police to come and an ambulance. So that is basically the situation. And we didn't even think about the danger. We just felt the strength. Yeah. Yeah. Strength to go get involved and figure out if we could help somebody that clearly was in distress. And is this, you know, is this something you've done before or was this just like a, something that happened recently i mean uh, i'm just trying to I'm just trying to f- gauge how often you're you're doing these sorts of things <laughs> <laughs> well it's something that luckily it's not very normal uh for that to happen that was the first time um you know somebody has to stand up and for our neighborhood and you know god gives us the strength to be able to go out and do that and what worse could happen, you know, yes, you know, bad things can happen. But when you have the faith and, and, and the, the truth in your heart with, with, you know, with God, you know, with Jesus, then you, you have no fear except from, from him. And it's really important to be strong like that. Uh, shows other people how they should stand up and be strong as well. Mm-hmm. You know, don't cower. Don't hide behind the curtains. Um Come out and be strong. This is our community. It's our neighborhood. We can't allow things like that to continue to take place. Um, and if if you don't do anything about it, then that's what happens. They take advantage. Next thing you know, your neighborhood is is overrun with uh, a lot of bad stuff. So, you know, it's really, really uh, important. You know, the strength comes just automatically because we believe. Mm. And I think that's why it really comes to us. So you're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. Uh, my name is Julian Gibb, and today we're blessed to have uh, my two new friends, Wendy and Jeff. And so, Wendy and Jeff, back, back to you guys. So um, how, have you seen any positive effect within your community? Uh, and I'm, I'm not talking necessarily dramatic, you know, and we started, sh- you know, we started sharing cookies and the next day, you know, everyone was <laughs> flocking to our house singing hallelujah. You know, uh, but but have you seen any positive effects with you reaching out um, and then your neighbors across the road reaching out? Has, has the community in any way come closer together? Well, I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. Um, every morning I wake up, I read the Bible, I read a, a, a little verse and I share it with probably about 100 men. Um, mostly individually. Uh, there's some couple of groups in there. Wendy and I went to a party, oh, probably about six months ago and met um, this gentleman and his wife. They just got cleaned off of drugs. Uh, they were bad uh, habit of meth and they were about eight days clean. So I got his phone number and I decided to send him devotionals every single morning. And he just reached out last week to say, you don't realize it, but you saved my life. So I'm like, I don't understand why, uh, how. He said, by you reaching out the days I struggle, I just go back and read what you sent out. And a lot of them seem to be sent directly to me for me. And, um, you know, 
I just I just feel sharing the word is really important. A lot of times I don't get any responses, but uh, this one just happened to tell me, you know, uh, the good news, which was great. So they're probably both about six months clean right now and uh, moving on in their lives. And every morning he is, uh, um, you know, I, I hear from him, you know, and he responds almost every day. And uh, I know just hitting one person and bringing them back uh, some with some goodness in their life is really important. And the rest, you know, that's what Jesus wants. He wants us to, you know, at least one person at a time. And, you know, um, that's a home run for us. Wow. Yes, that is. That is. <clears throat> it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Somehow, sometimes we think, you know, what, what can I do? You know, what is it that I can do to help this guy? You know, and it's, well, you could just be obedient to God and let him use you. That's right. You know, he's the brains. He's the brawn. You know, he's the he's the intellect. And uh, and so, well, that, that that's uh, that, that's wonderful. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And so, so just sharing God's word. Now, what I also, Wendy also shared to me was that uh, both of you took it a step further and that um, you started, um, or, or, or the two of you started working at a local shelter in your community to help uh, those um, people within your community are homeless. So tell, tell me a little bit about that. Sure, it's a, um, a transitional home and uh, it's called House of Refuge. It's in Sunny Slope. Um, I was drawn in by a, a, a little Bible study that I was I belonged to, and uh, they were one of the guys was cooking there for uh, probably 14 years. So uh, we decided to go and and uh, and help out. So we go once a month every Tuesday, which you know unfortunately I haven't been there since this COVID started. Uh, between that and getting a little bit busy with work, but. Um, you know, this house is uh, for both men and women. It's separated. The women have one section. The men have another. So most of the time I deal with the, the men. And uh, these guys are people that come out of prison or offer drug rehab. Um, they also, you know, just down on their luck, divorce. Um, so we cook. We cook a dinner and we sit down and have a meal with them. And it's probably it, it can range up to about 50 men in this house. So, you know, you can't obviously reach everybody at the same time. But you know, every time I go, I pick a different table to sit at and just pick their brains and see how uh, how, how they feel in life and in, in you know, becoming a productive citizen. And it's a great, great opportunity to uh, sit with, with people like that. It's all biblical, which is great as well. Um, so they have their, their, you know, they have their Bible study after dinner. And uh, it's really it's a it's a good way to reach and make new friends and show them. Listen, we've come from there, too. I'm 31 years clean off of, of cocaine. Uh, it was a hard struggle when I when I had to clean up. But I want to share that success and let them know, look at me. I, I mean, I'm not the greatest. I'm not rich. I'm just I'm rich with God's word and God's love. And um, that's how I live my life. So you can do it, too. So wow. just being, you know, being an example to somebody. So how uh, how has... So, so first of all, what what got you? You know, if you don't mind me asking, what what cleaned you up in regards to your your addiction? So, um, the fear of being locked up and losing my freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, my parent, my mom, and my sister were a real big uh, influence on me. Put me through drug rehab and and detox probably five different times. But unfortunately, I was uh, I, I used to sell the drug and. Um, I sold it to somebody that got arrested, and that 
put the fear of God in my, my heart. I didn't want to be locked up or go to prison. Um, so I cleaned up immediately. All the rest of the other uh, programs that I went through didn't, did not help, but it was that fear. Um, I didn't know. I didn't think I knew God then, but um, I sure know that he was there for me when I, when I was in need. And um, I didn't realize it back then, but I do now. So Cause that's I'm, how I clean. Because, you know, the, the t- I, I don't know you guys that well, but the two of you just seem so together, you know. Uh, one, relationally, you know, like, you know, I can see, I know you're hard bikers and everything, but there's still that gooey look in your eye when you look at each other. So uh, I've seen it. And, um, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, you both got jobs, you know, you got, you got a house, you know, you're, you're not only that, you're reaching out to help people around you. So, uh, it, it, it is a staged question, but what what turned your life around? Um, for me, you know, Wendy, her strength um, coming into her life. I mean, I was clean way before I met her, obviously. But um, really, she, you know, I, I've been a Christian since 2001 and maybe not a, a real uh, following Christian. But when I met Wendy, her strength of God um, came into my heart and came into my life. And one of the things that sticks in my head that she used to say to me all the time, and she still does, is um, would I say that if Jesus was sitting next to me? Would I drive that way if Jesus was sitting next to me? Would I speak to somebody, you know, very, very badly if, if he was right here? And and when I when I answered it, you know, probably not. She says, well, he is. He's sitting next to you all the time. He's in your heart all the time. And she drove that home, which really made me think and, and, and wake up yeah. say, you know what? Just because I can't see him, uh, I need to I need to remember he is sitting next to me all the time. Uh, he's driving the car. He's he's leading my life. So I need to be a much nicer person. And <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> that really, that really changed. She really changed my, my heart and, and helped me uh, follow him much more closer. So what, what would you say to um, people listening? You know, just so first of all, I'm not encouraging everyone to, to run out after gunshots. You know, you, <laughs> you didn't hear that here. Okay. Some people are called to that, like uh, Wendy and Jeff. Not everyone. But uh, what would you say to those who are, uh, who are listening and going, wow, you know, I mean, well, God has clearly touched the lives of these two. I mean, Wendy shared to me with me, uh, you know, decades gone by, she was a, a prodigal daughter, you know, her words, not mine. Uh, you just said that the same of yourself. So what brought these two prodigals, not not just back to the father, but like, you know, you're out there reaching out to communities, you know, reaching out to the those on the, uh, the, the, the edges of society who need help, you know, wonderful people that need help. What would you say to those who are like, you know, it's, uh, that's, that's not for me, you know, I mean, I'd like to, but I just haven't got what it takes. I think what we need to stop and realize sometimes is we have our own strengths and our own weaknesses and acknowledge our weaknesses because through God, we have strength. Mm. And when you start to think about what your strengths are, then you can branch out and really work on those. It's the weaknesses that we tend to ignore. And I think that when you turn to God and say, please help me with my weaknesses, I'm not involved enough. I'm fearful of starting conversation. 
with my neighbors, with strangers in a line, please just give me the strength to do that. It will open up your world in ways that you never imagined. And you will have encounters with people and through you and God strengthen you, you will have, they will have an encounter with God. And you might put something in their mind that they never thought of before. And then he kind of takes it from there. That's right. Well, wonderful. Well, so, so you heard it here. So, you know, all of us, uh, of course, I'm, I'm not a prodigal in any shape or form, uh, clean as the driven snow, but uh, <laughs> all, 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 all of us can uh, reach out to, to people around us. You know, I, I just love, you know, that that's what God does. He, 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 he puts people back together and then he uses yeah. them in order that they can be uh, uh, blessing other people. You know, having gone through the, right. the difficulties that we've gone through and the, and the mistakes that we've made, we can share just how much God has loved us, forgiven us, but not only that, now uses us. And That's so right. so those that are listening, uh, please uh, remember that God is in control. Give him obedience, and he will work through you. Well, Jeff and Wendy, thank you very much for joining us here today. Thanks for having us. Yes, our pleasure. Thank you so much, and God bless you. God bless you. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.